Thank you for tuning into Gen Z Voices. We're your hosts, Ayla, Sophia, and Genesis. And today we have our very first guest. Today we are here with Ms. Mendez. Um, hi, Ms. Mendez. Can you please tell us what your job is and how long you have been working? Sure. My name is Ms. Mendez. I am a teacher uh, for Los Angeles Unified School District. I am actually a special education teacher, a resource specialist teacher. So I work with students at the elementary level that are um, a little bit behind or have learning disabilities. Um, and so I work with them primarily in the areas of reading, reading fluency, reading comprehension, and uh, foundational skills in math and uh, language arts. I've been doing this particular job for six years, but I was a first grade teacher for about 13 years. And I also taught adult education for about eight years. That's really cool. So how are you today? I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. Can you tell us why you decided to be a teacher and what you did to become a teacher? Mm -hmm. um, I decided to become a teacher because I love working with young people. Um, I love working with families. Um, I think education is very empowering. And when teachers have really good collaborations with the parents and the families, um, we find that we're much more successful uh, in all areas of education, but in particular uh, within my discipline, which is special education, we really need, and it's important to work collaboratively with parents so that we can see the, the, um, the most gains in achievement and academics for our students. And so that's why I became a teacher. I love working with young people. I like to hear success stories. And in order to become a resource teacher, um, you need to get, of course, your bachelor's degree um, in any area. But um, a lot of colleges offer liberal studies, which is a little bit of all of the disciplines. And then after you complete your bachelor's, you need to get um, your teaching credential, um, which is depending on where you go, it can be one or two more additional years. To, to get your credential, and then that authorizes you to lead a self-contained classroom. So since you mentioned college and we are high school students, what would you recommend high schoolers or any young people, like what do you do to get your bachelor's degree and keep going up the ladder of education? I think uh, it's very important, um, especially in college, but as you prepare for that part of your life, it's important to develop certain skills. I think one of the most important skills for me was to become my own advocate, um, to not be afraid to ask for questions, to ask for help. There's a lot of resources, but sometimes students are kind of shy or, or they'll, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. But you really need to, to go ask, to tap into those resources um, that can help you and support you and allow you to become successful in your college career. Don't second guess, guess yourself, but I think it's hard, especially your first year, because you really haven't, I guess, um, competed academically with other children from other schools. So you, you, for me, my first year in college, I always kind of like thought, maybe I'm not ready for college. I had those little doubts, but then I had to remind myself, if you made it this far, it's because you're capable. And, um, you know, just go for it. And I think, again, I can't really emphasize enough 
for you to make those connections. The Another skill that I think is really important and you can practice it now, and I think most of you um, do, is to develop relationships with your teachers. It's really important because what you want is for them to really know you so that when it comes for the time for you to apply for college, they can be your biggest um, supporters by providing you letters of recommendation that are really, um, that really reflect that they really understand who you are as a person, what your capabilities are. Um, I think those are, those make for really good letters of recommendation. So developing relationships. Um, and uh, finally, I would say that another skill that is super important, especially nowadays, um, is to be able to work collaboratively and in partnership with other students. That is so important. Um, for me, I kind of had to learn that because when I was in high school, um, maybe it's just how I was, but I wasn't really uh, encouraged to work collaboratively with groups of students. I was always like my own person. And so when I went to college, I had to learn how to do that because uh, in today's society, and one of the things that um, a lot of employers are looking for. And one of the more important skills for the 21st century is to be able to work with others to generate ideas. A lot of it is um, collaborative work, right? For any field, but especially during your college career. And then if you wanna uh, go ahead and get your master's or your doctorate, it becomes especially important because together you can, wow, there's so many things that, that, that uh, groups of students can do together, supporting one another. It shouldn't be about competition. It be, should be about celebration and working together and learning from one another. It's so important. I love how you mentioned the part about how education shouldn't be competitive because I feel the same way. Like as I'm going like to high school and as I've been in middle school and, and everything, I feel like everything is always about, oh, you know, you had to compete with your classmates and and how hard it is to get into college and stuff like that. Um, but since we're in the pandemic right now, what's been the most difficult part about teaching online? As an educator, um, the most difficult part has been establishing those connections with the families that I service in order to be sure that my students are participating, that they are engaged. Um, I work in an area that is a high poverty area. So a lot of the families that I work with um, have those challenges where, for example, they didn't have internet or they didn't have a device. And so we had to make sure that they had devices on loan at least, and that um, our district even went so far as to give students, um, what are they called? I, what am I trying to think? The little, um, the internet. What is it called, guys? Help me out. Is it the like the portal internet boxes or something? Yeah, I guess something like that is what it would be. So our district was, had to provide that for a lot of our families because I remember my first week, one of my students was uh, having trouble logging on, or he would lag, and he had to get, he was kicked out, and he was coming back in, and you know, little did I know that he was working on his mom's phone because that's the only system of internet. That he had, and so that's not acceptable. And I would, and I asked him, "Do you have internet?" And he said, "Yeah." And so, because a lot of times, again, we need to, we need to um, not be afraid to ask for help. 
So we were able to help families. But once that was established, I think, um, made a big difference. So again, um, engaging our students. For me, because I work for, with little ones, I work with from K through fifth grade. Um, it's especially important that I work with the parents. So if the, the, the students are not logging on or they're not com completing their assignments, I need to make sure that I find out why. So, you know, that's important for me um, to find out why, because it could be as easy as they don't have a device. It could be as easy as they don't have internet, or it could be as difficult as the student is having some social emotional issues. And so I need to know that because as an educator, I'm worried not just about their academics, but their whole self. And if I notice that that's an issue, then I can make referrals so that they can get the help and the support that they need, not just for me, but like in professionals that are trained to help students delve into those issues. From a high school standpoint, like um, what has been the most difficult part for you guys, the whole pandemic and learning online? I find online learning pretty cool. Like I could make my own schedule, but in the beginning, it was really hard to find like motivation to like do your work. And also it's like kind of hard to keep up with like the assignments that I have to do because it's not like your teachers could remind I see how that can be in you all the time. Like, oh, do this, do that. It's like you have to set things. Yeah. So that's like kind of an issue for me, but I'm doing pretty good during this time. Very interesting because th that you say that because although I think for the majority of students it has been a challenge, like you said, in finding that motivation to get the work done or um, well that. But there's there is a, a small percentage of students, or maybe not that small. Surprisingly, even within my student group that I work with, they were doing better online than they were actually when they were in the physical classroom, and I think that speaks to. Um, different learning modalities or students that do better, you know, working on their own. I don't, I'm not sure, but it was um, surprising for me also to notice that some students actually did better online than they did in the traditional classroom. Um, but I totally get it because I, I'm, I'm also a mother of six children. I have four teenagers at home and I see that the motivation can, you know, be a big issue. Um, but I think also it has to do with having that sense of school community because maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I see it, especially for, for high schoolers and middle schoolers. I think it's really important that students feel connected, um, you know, to their school community. And sometimes if you're just online and Zooming and that's all you're doing, you know, you're not involved in other extracurricular activities, then it can be demoralizing. It can be um unmotivating right what grade are you guys in uh well i'm in the 11th grade and then i believe juan genesis and sophia are all in the 10th grade yeah we like literally just started high school and then all of a sudden it's like the pandemic oh no it's not cool because like oh great <laughs> So we're definitely we're definitely living through some very unprecedented times, and I think um, I think all teachers need to be aware of that. And we're not learning. We're not um, 
things are not the same as they were a year and a half ago. So even in the workload, I think that teachers need to take it easy because a lot of students are dealing with the trauma of the pandemic. And then on the top of that, you know, they, and I understand, you know, rigorous education is important, but, you know, we haven't really seen anything like what we're living. And so I just think people need to, educators need to be conscious of that. Students are going through a lot more than they normally would. We shouldn't be piling up, you know, a lot of, a lot of assignments or, but that's just me. Um, you mentioned social emotional learning earlier. Um, I just want to know what are some ways that you try to implement social emotional learning in the classroom? So I have different groups because I'm a resource teacher. I don't have a regular classroom anymore. So what I do is that I work with students that have a minor learning disabilities, nothing severe. And so they're actually in general education classes. My job is to pull them out of their class and they work with me on targeted instruction or whatever area that they're having difficulty in. And I usually work with them for about an hour a day. And they're usually small groups, anywhere from two students to seven students. Um, social emotional development with students is very important to me, especially during right now, during the pandemic, um, because some of our students have lost loved ones to the pandemic. Some of our students have parents who lost their jobs and their livelihood. All of that causes trauma. I need to be sensitive for my students. And so I check in all the time on a daily basis. You know, how are you guys doing? And for me, it's important to develop relationships with my students. It's important for me to know how are they doing? If they're having a day where they're a little bit um, stressed or a little bit of, of sad, you know, I want to know why, what's going on. And if it's something that's persistent, I, I call the parents. And the good thing is that I've already established those relationships. So it's not, you know, weird or awkward for me to, to um, check in with the parents. You know, how are you doing? Is there anything going on? You know, your child is, I noticed that they're a little bit down or maybe they didn't turn in their work. Is there anything going on or that I can support with? I think um, we get a lot more from our students when we are sensitive to those issues. So, you know, like I said, it's only an hour long, so I don't always have a time, time to, um, to focus in a lot on, on that aspect of their development, but it is very important. And as much as I can, I do. Uh, sometimes we have breathing exercises. In a normal school year, they would be doing their state testing with me at the end of the year. And I know a lot of my students get very nervous, get anxiety, and they get butterflies in their stomach. And so part of my job is to, like, you know, calm them down, make sure that they're, you know, we know what we know. We're going to do the best that we can and just give them that um, peace of mind that no matter what happens, you know, we're still learning and we're still getting better. And. You know, it's usually successful with most of my students. So definitely social emotional learning is so important, especially right now, because um, now more than ever in, in, in the history of that I've studied in, in schools and education, we have very high um, incidences of uh, depression, anxiety, even students who are so um, impacted that they can hurt themselves. And we don't want that. You know? Part of um, being an adult, working with young people, it is part of our responsibility to make sure that 
that the young people are okay. They're, they're thriving. So at least for me, that's very, very important. What are some positives of online learning? For me, uh, some of the positives, believe it or not, there are some. I've never had to have or had to develop such a strong relationship with the parents as I have had this year. Um, yes, I would know the parents and talk to them on occasion, but now, you know, it's so much more important. You know, when we first went online, um, I actually started calling on my parents and making sure, you know, I started taking inventory, you know, and I checklist, making sure that they all had a device. And if not, I made a note of it, you know, do they have internet? Make a check of it, you know, do they, do they, or do they not have internet so that I can facilitate on that for them. And sometimes, you know, especially like the older kids, the fifth graders, sometimes the fourth graders, they kind of want to slap, you know, not do their work or not complete their work. And so now more than ever, I find myself, and even the parents, you know, we connect through Class Dojo. So they'll, somebody called me, like they sent me a message at 10 p.m. the other night, letting me know, you know, my, my, my son is not going to be able to attend school tomorrow. I forgot to tell you, I'm sorry that I'm playing it. But we had that kind of a relationship. And so I responded. And initially, when we first went online, I was having conversations with parents to the wee hours of the night because some parents work late. You know, some parents work two jobs. And so I had to make myself available and be flexible that way. So in a nutshell, the biggest benefit of online learning is having deeper and stronger relationships with the parents that I, whose kids I service. And, you know, it could, it could be a game changer. That's a very good question. What has been one of the highlights of your career so far? Wow. I have, I feel very lucky because I'm in a profession that I love. I feel like I'm making change every day. I enjoy coming to work and working with my students. Now I have a few students that are here live with me, but mostly, uh, most of my students are online. That is a satisfaction in itself. But um, last month, actually, I was told that I was nominated to be Teacher of the Year for LAUSD. And that is a process. Um, and I won't know, you know, 1,500 teachers were, LAUSD is a very big district. We have about 33,000 teachers. So 1,500, 1,500 were nominated um, for Teacher of the Year. And um, we'll know, you know, I don't know if they're, I'm going to be selected. They select 22 teachers. But um, I'd be thrilled and honored if I am selected. But still, just the fact that someone nominated me, actually one of the parents nominated me to be Teacher of the Year. And the parents said um, that my interest in student social emotional learning has, been, um, has made a big difference, not only for the students, but also for individual families. That it's changed her life and the dynamics at home and how she uh, engages with her with her kids at home and it's been transformational so i'm just honored that you know i'm in a position where i can you know affect people's lives in a positive way so that's that's an honor for me that's an accomplishment um i'm also right now working to get my national board certification which is a big deal in the teaching profession because less than 15 percent of the teachers across the country have it so i'm working on completing that to hopefully um, to, to get certified nationally. And so those are the things that I'm looking forward to right now that I'm working on. Um, thank you for asking.
Wow, that's a really big accomplishment. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Do you, does Sophia or Genesis have any other questions that you guys want to ask? Genesis does. Uh, she says, do you prefer teaching in person or online? I prefer teaching in person. I love, 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 love my students. One of the challenges of teaching online, so somebody asked me what were the positives, and I mentioned working with parents, but there are some um, challenges, for example, testing students. Because I work with elementary students, and a lot of them have, you know, learning disabilities where they don't really write, you know, essays or what have you. When I do um, assessments or testing, it can be tricky because sometimes we use software that I have to, again, talk to the mom or the dad and have to, you know, before the test even begins and have to explicitly explain how you're going to open that, you know, that, that web page and what you're going to click. And it can be challenging. And so um, for a lot of other reasons, I love working with my students. We have a really good dynamic. I feel like they're my... They're my children. You know, they're my students. I'm responsible for them. And I'm always hoping for the best for them. So I want to see them and I want to see how they're writing physically and how they're engaging. That's important. Sometimes it's hard to tell from a teacher standpoint if the kids are really like getting it or if they're just like, yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> pretending. And so for me, live instruction is always going to be my preferred mode of communication with them. Yeah, I think like most teachers, they definitely prefer in person more than online. Um, but is there any more questions, Ayla or Genesis? No. Uh, and hopefully we can get back to the classroom soon. Like I know right now with them trying to vaccinate everyone and some of the schools are reopening, like hopefully we can all get back to the classroom and learn a little bit more effectively. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I hope so too. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for inviting me. It was an honor talking to you guys. Whatever you do, shoot for the stars, you guys. You're only young ones. Go for it. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Just go for it. There's so many things, so many things that you can accomplish that you will accomplish. So go for it. Thank you again. Thank you for um, agreeing to come and let us interview you. And thank you to everyone who listened to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Genesis says thank you for all the advice. This has been Gen Z Voices, and please stay tuned for more. Bye. Peace out. Hey, Cardinals. Hey, Cardinals. Hey, Cardinals. It's Juan. It's Javier. It's Sophia. It's me, Genesis. Welcome to the Birdcage Podcast. Featuring Gen Z Voices. Hope you all enjoy. And make sure to check out our new episode coming soon.